welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. This is our final Sunday, and uh, we've gotten to verse 14. So let's read Philippians 3, 12, 14 again, shall we? Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. I know that surprises you. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And this verse, uh, this morning we're concentrating on the literal part that we're concentrating on. I press toward the goal. You know, we live in a society that is obsessed uh, with self-improvement. And we, we live in an environment that is, is all about how we can do better. The sense, the feeling is that we all live with is that what we have now isn't as good as what we could have. There's always the feeling that we, we could have something better. We, we could live in a, in a better house. We could have better furniture. We, we could um, have a better car, we, we could have uh, a better physical health, we could have um, better skin tone, we, we, we could have, there, there's, there's this self-improvement, that, this thing that if, if we can just find a way of how to do something, then we'll, we'll get it done. And, and uh, I was actually looking on Amazon and I found that um, the how-to is the most popular um, titles um, that you can buy on Amazon. And um, in the UK, Amazon alone are 388,000 titles that start with how to. And uh, people are obsessed with how to. Um, in the, on the American, Amazon was uh, nearly 600,000 titles of how to. And, and uh, I, I even found uh, one title, in fact, one of the top selling in the UK was How to Go to the Toilet at Work. <laughs> actually, actually, it didn't say that, it said something else, but I cleaned it up. And, uh, and uh, there's, there's a pressing in series right there for you. And uh, it, <laughs> <the> <laughs> I'm drawing the line right there. I go... <laughs> but it's incredible how, how people are wanting to know how to do stuff. If I know how, then, then uh, I can get more done. And, and the reality is that we spend a lot of our life wanting to push into stuff, but we don't because we're not sure how. And so there's a, there's a, there's a, a lack of confidence in what we do and, and why we do it. And what I've discovered with, with um, Paul is that as Paul is um, writing this, he says, um, to the, he says to the church, he says in verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal. And he uses a word called dieko. Everyone say dieko. Dieko is a very important word for us this morning because dieko is a really powerful word and it's actually almost every time in the in the New Testament it's actually used to describe the word persecute Jesus says to Paul when he is um, uh, when he's on the road to Damascus and and he appears in the blazing light and he says to he says to Paul 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 why do you diego me why do you 
persecute me. It literally means to run after, to pursue in a very aggressive process and manner. Paul says, I de-echo toward the goal. I'm pushing in and there's this incredibly strong sort of urge. And, and I look at that and I think to myself, what that really means is Paul is saying, I have absolute confidence that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. That, you know, you, you have something, you see, to be so positively aggressive towards something means that what you're saying is, I know that I'm right and what I'm doing is the right thing to do. So I run towards it with all confidence. Anything that we do but we're not really sure, we run with a little hesitancy. We have limitations of framework that we place around our life just in case because we're not sure whether we're right or not. How many of you have entered into a diet that you don't know whether it will do you much good or not? And you heard other people say, but you're not sure. Nobody has ever said whether it's good or whether it's bad. So you enter the diet with a little bit of hope, but you have a limitation. If it doesn't do this by such and such a date, then I'm just, you know, it, well, just let it go. Maybe you've wanted to make, invest some money, but you're not really sure about where you should invest. And who knows anything about investing? Even the investment people don't know that much about investing. And it's like, and so the, for the rest of us, we have no idea. And so we, we enter into with a little, I'm not sure. So I'm not fully committing myself to this. I'm, I'm going to give it a go, but I'm putting restrictions. And what we discover is this, that, that if we put a restriction on it, um, then we will use that restriction actually far sooner than what we said that we would. Because we don't have the confidence to push in beyond. We don't have the Dieco working in our life because we're not really sure what we're going for or even why we're going for it. You see, the, the how isn't really the question. The, Paul isn't saying how he, we push into God. He says he's pushing into God. And so the key aspect isn't how, it's the what and the why. Paul says, I'm pushing into God. I'm pushing in. I press toward the goal. That's the what. Let's read the rest of the verse because I was going to recite it, but it, <laughs> it went blank straight out my brain right there. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. That's the why. And so Paul has this confidence because he knows what he's pushing into and why he's doing it. When you know the what and when you know the why, you have enough Dieco going on on the inside of you to be able to run after something. And so this morning, I, I want to speak about how and why we, we work on our Dieco, how we go through that whole process of, of, of um, looking um, for the presence of God upon our lives and knowing that we're able to really push in, able to really achieve the things that, that God has got for us. You know, that um, there have been many occasions when, when driving, um, all of you who drive will know what it's like. You're on a motorway and there's a sign saying the motorway has got roadworks and it's going from three lanes to one lane. And then another sign, it says, use all three lanes, filter in. But there are two types of drivers. The first driver is a person who's not entirely sure about when to get in. So they get in the, into the first lane very early because they know they're in the lane. 
The problem with that is they're sitting about 10 miles back up the queue doing four miles an hour. Well, every, the, well, not everybody else, actually much fewer people have decided that they're going to use the other two lanes and they're going to motor on down to the front of the queue and then they're going to filter in. But only the ones who are entirely confident of their right to force the other people to stop, <laughs> who now feel it's their right to stop them getting in because they've sat in that queue <laughs> for an incredibly long time and they're not letting some joker who's just moseyed on down playing loud music, drinking coffee, <laughs> while they've been sweating in the queue. <laughs> but the reality is, when driving on a motorway, use all three lanes and filter in. If everybody filter in, we'd all get through at the same time, but we don't. And so one person chooses the queue and the other person goes, now you can guess what kind of driver I am. <laughs> Most of the time. But when I'm not sure of the road condition, when I'm not sure of where I'm driving or if I'm driving abroad and I'm not entirely sure of the, the, the legal em, uh, environment, if I'm not entirely sure, I'll go for the safe option. And the safe, do- safe option is to just hold back and isn't, isn't to actually do what I can see other people doing, but I'm not sure why they're doing it or whether they're even allowed to do it. Is it just that the law isn't just obeyed in this country like it is back home? Is it, you know, when I'm driving in Italy, I'm not entirely sure whether I see speed cameras, but I don't know anyone takes any notice of them. I go, and, so, and so you have this kind of, this unsure kind of, so what I do in those environments, I take the safe and I pull back a bit. I don't pursue with a Dieco. I'm not Diecoing my life. I'm just kind of holding back a bit. And, you know, we have to know what the goal is and why we should push into it. We have to have a what and we have to have a why. You know, if you said to me, Kevin, you could have a million pounds a year. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Who would like that? All of us. But you have to live the other side of the world and you only get to see your family on a couple of weekends. For me, I'd say keep your money. Because the what, the money, and the why doesn't give me the value of what I have. If you said to me, your daughter has been taken prisoner, captive in Paris, (laughs) and, and... then, and you have to go and get them, I would say, give me the gun, let's go. <laughs> let's just kill the bad guys. Because the what and the why is a far more important motivation. I found this in church. that We don't know what we're pursuing or why we're pursuing it. And so we, we enter our Christian faith with the reserved, I'm not sure. I'm going to do this, but I'm not sure. I see other people pushing in, but I don't get it. So I'm just going to hold a little back because I don't know. I'm not sure. And Paul is saying, come on, we've got a Dieco. We've got to push in like those who persecute. That's quite frightening, isn't it? That's an intensity. That's, a, that's this kind of 
fervent kind of single-mindedness that's just pursuing after God. And Paul is saying, how do I get a mindset that says, I'm going to run after the goal? Well, what is the goal and why do I run after it? And we have to know what that means in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17 to 18. It says this, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, Paul pursued a goal that he could see but cannot be seen. The reason why we don't know, we have a, a doubt in our heart about our faith and about reading the word and all of these things is because we can't see it. How many of you have been unsure, not so much of your faith in Jesus Christ, but just unsure of whether you're pursuing God in a manner that is kind of worthy of what you should be doing or even if you're pursuing in the right thing or for the right thing whether you're, or concentrating sometimes you just get I don't know I'm just going along but I don't know well that's because you can't see where you're going when you get into a car and you drive and you don't know where you're driving to it's one of my things I love to do is I love to travel, and when I travel, I love to try stuff out, like arrive at a train station that I've never been at and catch a train that's going to a place I've never been before in a foreign country where no one speaks the language. I like to try. It's exciting because it's kind of dangerous. It's like, what's going on? How does this all work? And I remember going through India. I wasn't on my own on that occasion. And uh, I was going through India, and, and it was just at this, this sort of, they, they do railway stations. You've got beggars on the platform, and, and um, you've got people going to the toilet at work on the, <laughs> on the track, and you've got all this stuff, and you've got monkeys running through. And uh, I remember just going through, and just like, what's going on? Where does everything's in Hindi, and you, you can't make... You know, any sense of it, it's like, you know, it'd be the same as trying to read Chinese. You, you just can't work it out. It's like, you know, foreign languages, European languages can be worked out, can't they? You can look at it and you go, mm, yeah, I think I know what that means. But then you get to a certain part in the world where it just means nothing. You have no idea what it means. And, and, and there I am in, in India and, and um, I've no idea. And there's this, I'm just putting my hand into my, into my bag and a, this huge, great male monkey just comes in with great teeth and he comes running up towards me to grab my bag. And uh, all of a sudden, from nowhere, this, this uh, beggar just runs in with a stick and starts beating the monkey. I'm like, I'm like good on you, kill them. And uh, everyone likes monkeys. You, you don't, trust me, you don't want to like them. They, they're from the devil. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they look cute, right? But it's, it's a facade. It's a lie. It's like the devil. He, you know, he just comes in like an angel of light, but he's a liar. And uh, that's what monkeys are like. They, come, they just look all cute. They look like this, and they, just, and they destroy you. And uh, if you get anywhere near them, they'll tear, tear you apart. And, so, uh, and you know, I was over there, and 
when, when you're in that environment, if you don't know where you're going, you become very unsure of your decision-making process. What do I do? What do I do now? How do I do this? Where do I go? If you can't see where you're going, you become very unsure of your present circumstances. So if you don't know the, the ultimate destination, you become very unsure of your current destination, your current situation. Because you don't know if it's the right way, at the right place, at the right pace. You don't know. And so you become very unsure. But it says here in... Um, in 2 Corinthians, it says, but, the things, um, but we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. You know, we have to understand that we ha- have to get a sight for those things which are not seen. Jesus Christ is the great unseen. It says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Seen. Now go with me to Hebrews 12, verse 2 to 3. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We've got two verses here, three verses. One of them says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so we have to see in the heavenly realm, we have to see something. Well, what do we see? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, this is what we see, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, we spend a lot of our time trying to get faith for a thing when we need to have faith in Christ. It is not the thing It is the person, Jesus Christ. So we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What is the finisher of our faith? The one who empowers us to live in faith and receive all those things by faith. So how do we receive by faith? I look toward Jesus Christ. I look towards Him. In other words, I gain my confidence in simply saying, Jesus, I look toward you today. And suddenly, it simplifies how to push it. How do I press it? How do I press in with a presence of mind? How do I get confidence? How does my Dieco get its mojo? How does, how does, my, how does my confidence... How does my confidence grow strong, the presence of mind? How do I get into that? How do I get into that place where I can just grow in God? This is how I do it. I look to Jesus Christ. How do I know that I'm living by faith? I'm looking towards Jesus Christ. How do I know that I, you know, when you're when you're faced with a financial situation or a health situation or a family situation or or just the the you know we've been in the church here of the, the the last few months we've been praying through about how to how to build this church how to build your lives how to give you the right environment I can't tell you what kind of burden and pressure that means. <laughs> Here we are and, and you're, everyone's going, hey, fuel. And we're just going, oh, thank goodness for that. We've got it launched. <laughs> it's like the, the prayer and the effort put into making sure that you guys have, have got 
everything needed to walk in God. How do we how do we pursue that kind of thing? How do we push in? This is how I've discovered. Keep it simple. Look to Jesus. He will give you the the the, the what? What is the goal? I look towards Jesus Christ. As I look towards him, he is the goal. I press toward the goal. People wondering what the goal is. The goal is not success in ministry life. It's not being a better leader. That's not the goal. Being a better leader is an important aspect of the maturity and development of who you are. And when I say leader, I'm, everyone leads something, you know, if it's only yourself. And so leadership is a part of everything. People say, oh, I'm, I don't have any leadership. And it may be they haven't lived a, a great life. And they say, well, you do have leadership. You're just leading it the wrong way. <laughs> You're still leading. You're still taking your life somewhere. And so how do you... That's not the goal. It's part of the, the benefit of growing. What is the goal? The goal is Jesus Christ. How do, I, how do I get more of Christ? I look toward him. What you can see is what you can believe for. When you can see it, you know that you can get it. I remember some years ago when we were praying for this building. And there will be a few of you here that would remember that time. And I remember we used to have a prayer meeting in our house. Uh, we didn't have a church building, and so we had a house. And I remember just praying. And as I was praying, I got a picture. Now, for those of you who haven't been in church before, or got a, when I got a picture, it doesn't mean to say <laughs> it was an A4 color picture. It was an image in my mind. And the Bible says in, in the book of Acts, when, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, he says the Holy Spirit will speak to us in dreams and in visions and so there are images in our mind so I'm praying Lord we're praying for a building and while I'm praying in my imagination I see a hand and in the hand is a church building and at that moment in time I knew that I didn't have to keep praying anymore for a church building because it was in the father's hand I knew that it was in his hand. So from that moment on, I stopped asking for the building and I started thanking him for the building. And from that moment on, it was only a process of time. In fact, it was, that was even, I think, before we'd received the suddenly of £125,000 just put into our bank account. A church bank account, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's great being in the ministry. And, uh, <laughs> and the church received £125,000. Suddenly, just came from a suddenly. And, and, and this suddenly, this money came in. And I, I knew, I'm going, I thank you, Lord, for that which you're going to do for your church, for your house. And then the next, in the next process of the next year or so, we went from being, being uh, homeless uh, to having a home, having a place where we've been able to build much in the kingdom of God. And so what we see is that when you can see Jesus Christ, you can see everything that he's shining his light upon. You see, we often in our lives, we're looking towards 
I, we're looking towards things, but you need to look towards Him. When you look towards Him, His light shines on everything that you need. And that empowers you to walk in the plans that He has for your life. How do I know? A lot of people are saying, Lord, give me a sign. Jesus says, you, you can't have a sign. There's no sign other than the sign of Jonah. A lot of people are, God, give me a sign. Jesus says, you can't have a sign. This is not a time of having signs. There's one sign. That's the sign of Jonah. What is the sign of Jonah? The sign of Jonah is Jesus Christ. What is it? What does that mean? Because Jesus, Jonah went into the fish, uh, was swallowed by the fish and puked up three days later on the beach. It is a, it is a, a spiritual metaphor of Jesus Christ who gave his life upon the cross and rose again on the third day. What is the sign that you need to see? Jesus Christ. This is what, what, what do I need to see? Lord, show me a sign. I can see Jesus. If I can see him, I can see everything that he's leading me into. And what, how do you say, well, I can't see him. Then start taking your eyes off the things which are burdening you and start looking towards Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher and perfecter of your faith. Amen. I just want to finish on the why because the why is a really powerful thing. It says in Romans 14... Verse 19, it says this. Therefore, let us pursue, dieco, the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. In other words, when we live toward Christ, we start living toward others. Let us, dieco, peace and the things which edify another. Let's say that in another verse. Let's say this another way. Luke 10, 26, 28. He said to them, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is your perception of it? Your understanding of it? In verse 27, so we answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Is there not any greater desire within our hearts is to just live and live well? We get one shot at this life. When I see the kids having a birthday, I remember back to the days when I had that birthday and I look and think I'll never get that birthday again I'll never get that time again there is, there is one life there's one opportunity we don't want we want our life to mean something to be something to have value to take what we have we know that we have messed up failed, frail humans with all kinds of insecurities, incapabilities. We know that we're all of those things. How do we walk in confidence that we may pursue the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? How do we, how do, we do that? This is how we do it. We look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And we love our neighbours as ourselves. Or we seek the peace we pursue peace and the edification of other people. 
it means exactly the same thing. In other words, we live our life toward Christ and toward others. And what happens to us? We get to live the life that we dream in Christ Jesus. Is that simple? For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.